The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Discover your geeky haven with Twink.com. We've been delivering you the best products and all things pop culture for more than 20 years. Enjoy a wide selection of officially licensed merch from your favorite fandoms. We carry top brands from Disney, Funko, Marvel, and DC, Star Wars, Harry Potter, and much, much more. We also offer an array of exclusives that you won't find anywhere else. With all these collectible goods, you're definitely going to need a bigger boat. Get ready for your spring sci-fi celebrations, including First Contact Day and May the 4th with Twink exclusives that are out of this world. Use code WINGEEKS15 to save 15% off your order. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Join the revolution and save the galaxy. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Want to know more? Join Weeby Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Want to know more? Episode of Weeby Geeks. It is the Dashing Duo, Derek and myself, Mike. How are you doing, Derek? All right. I think I think it may be time for a nickname change for the two of us. <laughs> Dashing Duo just doesn't sound right anymore. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, it's catchy, but it's not like Intrepid Trio, Mighty Marvel Geeks, or us Smugglers Three on. Wookie Radio, um, but we'll find something with a new punch. But uh, hey, Derek, have you ever heard of the Jersey Devil? Mm-hmm. Why, well, yes, I have. Well, we are being joined by Anthony, Sasha, and Dell from the film, the independent film, Reed's Point. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Doing great. Thank good. You. Okay, yeah. So, uh, I guess we'll start with Dell. Dell, fill us in a little bit about the movie, since I kind of leaked the Jersey Devil legend in there. Yeah, I mean, that is the, uh, yeah. the premise of the film, at least it's surrounding that world and uh, the Barons. But it's a story about uh, these teenagers that go on a, a weekend or the summer break and they get into a crash and one of them uh, goes missing, and uh, the teenagers are convinced that uh, one of them, the one that went missing, is still alive. So they go back there and uh, try to look for that uh, missing teen and their friend, their cousin. And um, it, it has a bunch of twists and turns, and they kind of discover different things that live in the woods there. So that's basically the setup. I guess before we get any further, how much spoilers do y'all want to get into with the film tonight? <laughs> I'll try not to divulge any spoilers, but I have such <laughs> fluid mouth sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, talking about the story and you let the plot lines slip, you know. <laughs> oh, we, we tend to. We. Oh, how. What accidentally spoil films at times, Derek? Is that the best way to put it? <laughs> We don't do it intentionally. But we, um, when we get so engrossed in the film, we just want to talk and talk. It's like, oh crap, that's the ending. <laughs> yeah, that's basically how it works. Yeah. <laughs> Some of us more than others. Hey, you're trying to say, I'm right here. Um, yeah, I don't know how, bi- how bad it's going to be. I mean, when does this air? I mean, is it, um, it's already, the film's been out, so, oh. you know. Uh, as we're recording, it'll probably air uh, Monday or Tuesday. Okay. 
So, well, spoiler alert: there may be spoilers. That's all we gotta say. <laughs> well, there we go. Love spoilers. Spoiler alert. There you go. For those who didn't catch it. Spoiler alert. Um. So you, you said the film's out. Where? So let's go ahead and hit that right now. Where can people watch the film? Uh, go online. I think it's on Amazon, Walmart, Best Buy, Barnes and Noble. I think Voodoo. Yeah, Voodoo. Yeah. At different spots right now. Very cool. Mm-hmm. So Amazon, right? Yeah. So Sasha and Anthony, how did y'all get involved with the film? Sasha, you want to go first? Uh, sure. So um, after I finished chemo, my mom asked me what I wanted to do with my life, basically. And I said that I wanted to act. And um, my manager, Sandy, she knew Suzanne DeLaurentis. Uh, she did some work with her before. And I'm so happy that she knew her because she basically made my dream come true and I just I couldn't have done it without them now I want before Anthony answers you said you were going through chemo so I'm, I'm assuming cancer survivor then yes I'm totally finished um, December 2021 was my um, year anniversary of it of being done uh, congrats so this is first Thanks. project since Chemo, because I, I want to say what I read online, you, you were a makeup artist as well prior to? Yes, after I um, was finished with chemo and after I graduated from college, I became a certified makeup artist. I wanted to, I'm, well, I'm a professional makeup artist, but then my mom said that I should take a course and become certified. So I have that under my plate and um, I also have um my sanitation certificate which is very helpful <laughs> well, it's good especially during covid <laughs> yeah well it sounds like you know you're able to find work either behind the camera or in front of the camera at this point so it makes you a double threat it's great in this industry <laughs> Yes, I produce, direct, do all that kind of stuff with my videos and makeup and all that. Awesome. Anthony, so how did you get involved? Um, how I got involved. You know, Dale tells a way more flattering story about it than I can tell. <laughs> Basically, the funny thing is, too, is and we didn't know this on the outset, but Dale and I, like my 10-year-old's mother, went to, went to high school. <laughs> so we, we had, like, mutual friends. Um, but my, uh, my manager was friends with Suzanne De Laurentiis and, uh, I did a movie previously, uh, called Derailed that Dale also directed. And, uh, so it was, you know, when this came up, I was called and, and asked to come and read. So I did. And, and Dale basically went, cool. <laughs> As I, basically the moment we did our scene and he went, yeah, it looks great to me, man. <laughs> Just everybody filed out. That was it. <laughs> So, so was casting easy for you, Dale? Uh, did you kind of know who you wanted, or uh, casting is always uh, a bit of a challenge, you know? And we knew Sasha was a first timer, and we were excited with that. And um, at the same time, we wanted to also surround her with some experienced actors, so she can experience what that's like, and um, we can all grow together. And um, and we had a casting director who helped us out a bit. Uh, but casting is, um, you know, it's a lot of fun because then you get to choose people that you would like to work with and who you can see in the roles. A lot of times, many of times, you don't get them because of schedule. So, and this is a very small film. So you're not like throwing loads of money to convince people to work with you on a small little project. So this was, yeah, this was like a, um, as Sasha said, a little, like a, you know, she was battling cancer and she was coming off of that. And it was like a make a wish kind of project for us. And Suzanne said, hey, you know, you know, let's, let's, uh, let's work on this. And I said, yeah, let's do it. And, um, and we wanted to be a part of that for Sasha. And, uh, and so we just rounded up as many people as we could. There was a lot of characters in it. And, uh, uh, but there were some people that 
we wanted to go back to to work with that we knew would work with us on this project and they were a lot of fun that we trust we're solid and and um you know anthony was one of them madison we worked with before as well joseph uh, almani and actually all the cast we worked with uh, i think um sasha was new and um and julia julia kelly was new she's another big influencer and then um and evan adams um was great too so yeah we always get a, a core of good um actors that we could trust um who will go on this journey with us and then we always get a few others but yeah that's kind of what went so sasha for this being your first time in front of the camera on a, on a project like this um what was it like what was your experiences Well, I did not know what to expect at all coming on to set, but I'm so happy that everyone was very supportive and helped me through everything. I was pacing myself, but I think the adrenaline just kept me going throughout the whole thing. And before I, I just wish like someone told me that before I got on set that it would be so addicting and everyone becomes like a huge family and just like I miss it after so much. In in preparation for it, uh, you know, we we tried to do a little bit of rehearsal because we were doing it during COVID, so we couldn't get together. She was East Coast, we were West Coast, so we did a series of Zoom calls. Um, we went back and forth with the script, and um, and so that process was good to sort of acclimate uh, Sasha to what's in store. Uh, and I thought that was you know, invaluable for us to kind of do some type of rehearsing. I mean, in our, you know, at our budget range, we you either have plenty of time to prepare and work with all your core friends and everything, and it's written for them, or there's just very little time and people come <laughs> in and you just do it. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I tried to, I was actually kind of scaring Sasha. It's going to be like this. It's going to be tired. We're going to work nights. And Thanks. it is rather uncomfortable, right? It was, it was kind of tough, right? Um, it was, um, yeah, it was a little hard for me because when the script kept changing, I kept freaking out. My mom was like, oh, don't worry about it. I'm like, don't worry. There's like 10 pages that are new. Um, but like since I was um, since I'm dyslexic, it was difficult for me. But I think that I've gotten the hang of it. So it's it's good for me now. It's easy now. But thanks, Dale, for that. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, I, I seem to be hogging all the questions. I know you got some. So, this is kind of interesting, actually. That we've never—I've never really. I don't think we've ever really had a, a first-time actor um, before. So I'm kind of—I'm kind of interested to hear your perspective on how how everything was. Was it a lot different? than you thought or was it you know kind of how you thought or are you asking me <laughs> yes okay um i mean i've seen a lot of uh behind the scene uh videos on youtube of like other actors because I, I just wanted to like get a sense of what it would be like it didn't help at all <laughs> because everything is edited <laughs> Uh, so right. I just tried to put my best foot forward and just be in the best mindset. And it, you know, it was so much fun. Everything was a lot of fun. I was a little scared about the long nights, but, um, I paced myself and everything went really well. Okay. Now, Anthony, uh, what was the filming experience like for you? Um, <clears throat> well, I mean, you know, I enjoyed it, but, you know, for me, acting is therapy, uh, I get to be somebody else for a while, um, and I can I can be I can misbehave as somebody else for a while, and I don't have to be responsible. For it. Fantastic! <laughs> you know, I can write it off as my art. Um, the you know I, I don't really I'm thinking back on late nights and things like that, and I don't that's not the takeaway that I had. Um, I remember those late nights really. I remember moments like really intense or really well done moments. Um, 
in the shoot, but uh, and I'm not a I'm not a night owl kind of guy, even though. You know, when we did derail, those were all overnights. Those were 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. Um, but but this, you know, my experience was incredibly positive. Uh, the, the whole crew, you know, and it, it really is sort of the backbone of these shows, of these shoots, is that the director, the crew, the you know, the AD, all of these people were so supportive, so upbeat, so professional. I mean, you know, the pressure gets on during these things. Timelines are are blown out the window. And people are trying to get their shots, but it was there was never a negativity about it. It was it was really fantastic. I mean, it was exhausting. I was I was wiped out by the end of it, but that's to be expected. So, as a director, Dale, what was especially shooting this? I'm assuming during uh, the pandemic, what was it like for you? Um, it was pretty awesome to have the chance to work because there's nothing better than making movies, first of all. And when you're like locked up in your house and everyone is quarantined and is scared, you know, it was just the right, it was just what we needed. And we did proper protocols throughout, you know. Um, We're not union, so we didn't have that big person looking over us and check, but we were very careful and none of us got sick during the entire shoot. And uh, much of our filming was outdoors as well. Um, so, I, I mean, I loved it. I mean, it was it got it kept me sane through that period, you know, uh, and working with all these actors. And, and so they are so different, all the characters and um, and so much diversity in the characters and, and styles and personalities. I just, I, I love working with uh, different actors and, and the story is one of those fun ones. Uh, so it was really a blast. It was really a blast. I mean, it was really tough because we didn't really shoot it in Jersey. And, uh, you know, as badly as I fought for that to happen, that just, we couldn't fit that within our budget. So we were struggling with creating this forest location and keeping that consistent because we were very limited in where we can shoot, the times that we could shoot. And um, yeah, that that was really tough and trying to get everything done within that period. It was, that was always a struggle. I mean, that's what I struggle with the most on these smaller shoots is just time and not having enough of it um, and just wanting to get as much as we can uh, before we go into you know, editing. You know, Because once we're done, we rarely get an opportunity to go back, but we did. There was one time in, in one of the scenes we realized that we needed another, how do I say this, another kill, if you will, and something to ramp up uh, story. And we went ahead and uh, rewrote just a little piece and re reshot some other pieces that were much needed. And I think it was really valuable um, in doing that in the story. Um, and we got to bring back, um, you know. Uh, Anthony and, and some of the cast and fill some of those scenes out and it was really great but yeah it's just really more time that's always a struggle but aside from that and I, I I mean I'm just so glad I had the opportunity so grateful that I had the chance to kind of work on a movie during that right. time so I, mean, I don't remember I don't remember doing pickup shots but we must have done it I know we did it for derail <laughs> yeah remember we went back to that school Oh, that's right. I remember. Yeah, yeah. See, it was so pleasurable for Anthony. He doesn't even. Anytime, <laughs> <laughs> any opportunity for me to act, right, is is a is really a treat. It's a it's a pleasure for me to do it. That's where my passions lie. Um, you know, that's, that's why I do it for this. You know, <laughs> for this amount of money. <laughs> yeah. So, how did uh, this is for all three of y'all? How how did filming during the pandemic change uh, how y'all look at filming now? Ladies first. <laughs> um, I think now I could definitely appreciate the hard work even more because during the peak of the pandemic, I do not know how filmmakers... <laughs> did it at all um so i could definitely appreciate the hard work even more now when i see uh movies and i watch it and then i could like after i finished watching the movie then i think in my head wow that was 
amazing. So I definitely appreciate it way more. Um, you know, I, I I really don't remember at the time, and that was a year ago, um, roughly, that uh, that the pandemic had a massive impact. I mean, we were safe. We, we didn't, like, congregate near each other, and we kept our distance. You know, it seemed pretty, just sort of part of the tapestry of it all, just, just, just an added element. You just had to deal with it, focus on your work, and uh, don't get sick. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and again, you know, I mean, shooting outside instead of in a closed set for most of the time really helped. Um, that was always nice and refreshing. Uh, but there were times when we, you know, did some like the kitchen scenes and a lot of drama. But I mean, it, when I look at filming now, you know, things are opening up, and um, it is much easier. I mean, I, as a director, I hate wearing a mask. I just during that time, I just hated it because. It, not only is it cumbersome, um, obviously it was a necessity, but it's just one more layer of Can't breathe. Uh, communication, though, to your crew and your actors. There's, it's just, it, it masks so much. When, sometimes you, you have to say everything, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult. It's a challenge. Sometimes you just have to look at an actor, and they can, they can sense what you're expressing to them, what you want to shape or change with this you're covering your mouth and it's just oh and yeah. even talking to your dp and your crew it's just so what did you say huh what it, <laughs> that extra layer of confusion and that it was a little bit you know and then it was just confusing a little bit you know but we're, we're so used to it by that time you know it's just it is what it is and i mean i look around and there's a camera and actors and lights and i'm like this is awesome you know i'll live with this mask you know, the actors get to remove their masks, you know, and um, that's always nice. Um, and, and I get it because uh, they do their scenes together and we have our masks and we're very close behind the scenes and we're sweating and we're breathing hard, running around with cameras. So I get that, too. But, yeah, I look at it now. I'm, going, I'm so glad that things are getting a little closer to uh, normality yet on projects that we're working on now. We still wear masks even now. So it's pretty much the same. It's um, it's the same, but if things are a little less stressful now, I guess we're just really more used to it. Yeah, I think I think we're more used to it. I just did a show in Houston, and it was incredibly strict, uh, and testing was constant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the protocols were pretty heavy. It was, you know, but but they just simply relaxed in the last few weeks. Yeah, you know, um, my brother, he is a producer in the industry and I he was really struggling during the peak of the pandemic because, of course, films were not doing well at all. So he's doing much, much better now. He just uh, released his uh, docuseries on HBO, The Invisible Pile. So he's doing really well right now. But at the peak, everyone was struggling. Do you think it's had any um, permanent effects? Any permanent changes on how you 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 make your films, or do you think someday you might just go back to a normal way of filming? No, I, you know what? I think it's heightened the necessity for health. Um, mm. so as an actor, I, I I lost a job because I showed up on the set, I got and I tested positive. Oh wow. Um, I, I, oh. I think that I know I was crushed. I was devastated. I had I had been riding horses for It was a western. I was doing a film with Bruce Kern. I was very excited about it, and I was literally placed in the parking lot. I, I think it heightened the need for not just crew but actors to really take care of themselves. And, and, and I think it, it put a lot of uh, emphasis on the taking care of themselves, so that actors don't get sick. You know, you lose talent. Uh, you know, in front of a screen, and it can really grind things to a halt. And whether it's COVID, you know, the flu, a, a cold, anything, you know, I, I, I think I, I don't think that anything's at least not for a generation or more that anything's going to really go back to how it was before. Mm. That's sad. <laughs> how it goes? Yeah. 
Yeah, for me, it's funny though because it's it, it it's kind of had that effect on not just the film industry but in general. You start thinking about how about health more, and even if you just get a simple cold or something now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all very well, up. Yeah. But as far as making movies, it's it's you know uh, I think people we just we kind of keep doing the same thing you know um and it is just part of the the way we do work now you know mm. um and i and i heard that they're they've backed off a little bit you know officially too and knowing that numbers are going down and and all that but you know i mean it's like the flu it's a wave things are going to come up again and and everyone wants to be right. careful but yeah i mean anthony's right if we we lose an actor on it um you know, it, it's devastating to the schedule, and it just messes everything up. So we want to keep healthy all the time. So, but yeah, behind the scenes, it's, it's business as usual. So do you do you think uh, <laughs> filming during the pandemic is going to bring in more? Maybe not just testing for COVID, but testing in general. Oh, you've got a cold, or you got a, a flu. You're you're out. You can't be around uh, just because of maybe some paranoia. I guess would be the right word. No, I don't um, think so. I, I, I think that they're first and foremost. If somebody's not feeling well, they're going to be tested for COVID, and if that's clear, there's probably going to be some other protocols, you know, for them. To, uh, if you've got the flu, you got no business showing up on set. Well, last time I had the flu, I could barely get off the couch. So, you know, if, if it's cold, right. that's just spread like crazy. I think we all just have to be a lot more responsible in what we do. I think that's kind of the, uh, just how everybody is nowadays in general. We just need to be more responsible and more careful yeah about everything yeah definitely which is probably not a bad thing yeah i love it in the restaurants everything is super you know sanitized sanitized <laughs> and there's a lot of yeah. that came out of this entire difficult situation we're more aware more conscious of each other and ourselves and all these establishments, it's like, right. hey, right, that's cool, you know. Hey, even even the rats wash their hands now. <laughs> yeah, right. I've seen it. <laughs> um, so I guess getting back into the story of the film a little bit, uh, I'll start with Sasha first. Uh, tell us a little bit about your character. So my character is Sarah Franklin and she is investigating what there was a crash in the woods and she's investigating what happened a year later. She's basically just a student reporter writing for the college newspaper and that's her project. Okay. So she claims. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, your character. Well, you know, in the movie Old Hank um, he understands. He knows the legend. He knows it all, and he and he, you know, agrees to take the kids in a sort of a tour of the area. Um, he's an interesting guy. He's just not quite sure what angle he's playing, and uh, played him that way. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much that's pretty much it. you know he's well versed on the uh, legend and he's well versed on the on the sort of the okay. Dale, uh, is there a chance for a sequel? Since we do uh, kind of see that, if you saw the ending of the film, someone would say definitely yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bizarre and strange ending uh, to say the least and why not you know um, <laughs> the ending was changed many times yeah it, we shot it a couple of different ways oh really yeah for necessity 
and then um, this is how it ended, and uh, and it stuck, and because it was bizarre enough to kind of work in a strange way in the context of the overall film and all the stories in the story. So um, yeah, and it's the one that stuck. But yeah. The answer is yes. There's a possibility. Is anyone really ready for something like that or wants to? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and as much as I love the Hanks character, you know, will we be seeing him again? I don't know, Anthony. So <laughs> uh, spoiling the movie. Unless the sequel becomes a prequel. Prequel. I was just about to say. Prequel. <laughs> oh my. With a with a slightly higher budget. Oh yes. <laughs> five dollars more. Yeah, five dollars more and a five half dollars. hour longer. We'll take <laughs> so did that make it tougher to film that it was a shorter film or? Yeah, I mean, um, it, it's always tough when you have a low-budget movie. It's just always difficult that way. I mean, there's not enough time, mm. making enough time, but everything goes wrong, right? And even when you plan everything, it's just not exactly the way. It's just very complicated, a lot of moving parts, and, um, and uh, yeah, just never seems like there's enough time. So when you get something in the can... When you get an opportunity to work on some scenes in the film that really turned out quite nicely, it's just a pleasure, um, you know, to see it con uh, turn out, you know. Now, whether the entire film um, has the same, that's debatable, I guess. Uh, people are like, oh, but... Um, but yeah, I mean that's the fun of it, you know, when you're you're running and you're gunning uh, on these uh, projects. And, and we're we're free though, you know. We're we get to do what we we can. We don't. We're not uh, a slave to, uh, you know, the powers that be in a way. Although we'd love to. I mean, that's you know, I tell people, well, one day you'll get a lot more money and and there'll be more at stake, is though what I tell them. And there's more responsibility and. And all that. So, is it really easier? You know. Um, so right now, we just embrace these opportunities and, and, and just do it. You know, it's funny. I, I actually found the length of this shoot to be a luxury. I I, I produce for the asylum. <laughs> I produce movies for the asylum as well, and those are half the amount. Uh, yeah. Was it six days? Eight days? Five days? No, we do six day shoots for those. Yeah. Wow. Well, your Sharknado, well, Sharknado gets a little bit more of a bump, but. But, you know, all these other alien invasion movies, those are six-day shoots, man. We cram 20 pages a day into a day. Wow. My God. Wow. Well, we did, uh, you know, Sasha did talk about the script changing quite a bit, and there was one day when we had to pull it all off in one day. You remember that? Oh, God, that was so hard. It was a, I kid you not, <laughs> that was our last day. And it was a 17-page day. I remember. Wait, really? Yeah, I don't remember that. It was like seven. It was like nine or ten pages here, and then seven pages there, and then a half ending. Like it was, it was insane, and I, I just didn't know how we were gonna get through it. <laughs> but we, we remember how crazy it was at the very end. It was insane. We were running around. It was insane. Beating the sun. We were chasing the sun. Chasing uh, the night, actually. So was that come up? We needed a nighttime. You know. Remember that? Oh yeah. Crazy, <laughs> and so Sasha got to experience that um, insanity. Yeah. Hey, first film gets to experience a little bit of everything. Yeah. And she says she still wants to act. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's a that's a dedication to being a trooper. There. We might have created a monster. So. <laughs> and me. Yeah. That's Reese Point too. <laughs> that's right. Oh well, thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> that's the sequel. <laughs> What was your? I wonder what that will be. What was your favorite moment, uh, either in the film or recording, or during during filming? Here I am going audio, saying recording during filming. Go ahead, guys. 
Probably. Oh gosh, I'm think all the way back now. <laughs> um. <laughs> Anthony, you go first. I have to think. <laughs> I mean, I had a lot of favorite moments um, or a lot of favorite shooting moments. I think some of my favorites, though, were, were the one-on-ones with other actors in uh, the diner. It was, a, it was more intimate. I could look him right in the eye and read what he's thinking, read what he's, listen to what he's saying, and respond in such a genuine way. Um you know, sometimes when you're out and you're in the woods and you're trudging along and you've got, and it's fine, but I love that one-on-one with another actor where it's it's just a calm, motivate, uh, uh, motive-driven uh, moment. Uh, I just uh, I really enjoyed that. Most of that was in the diner, and I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, I mean, uh, when you're running around in the woods, it tends to be more technical. You know, a lot of car- you know, cameras, and you don't stand the light, it's dark, you hit a brand. Where in those scenes with um, you and the diner, uh, intimate moments, if you will, you really get a chance to interact and act with each other and exchange real moments. And, and I, I love that, too. I mean, I will admit I... I, I'm a sucker for those moments. Maybe too much, you know. Uh, but I just love seeing those slow moments. For me, one of the most favorite moments for me in the process really was our table read. You know? Oh, yes. I mean, you know, you have this idea and this and that, and can we get these people? And then there's this time when you have the script and you have a, a basic assemblance of some of your cast. And some producers sit around and see what you know what it's going to sound like, and we can make changes. But when I first hear it, and I can hear the characters for the first time come to life from age for me, that's really exciting. And I, I see potential. I get new ideas. I know what doesn't work, you know. And uh, we see the strengths um, of all of our um, actors and what we can play off of. To me, that is always a, a a great time for me to see that. So that initial um, birth. And of course, there's really cool, fun, you know, gore moments and things like that. Special effects. I always love all that. The technical um, magic of what these um, uh, artists can bring. And we get to film and hopefully entertain um, audiences. That that is like, oh, the audience is going to love this part. Oh, let's let's tear that guy's head off, you know, kind of thing. It's like, oh, we all laugh because we know it's so fake, but we, let's give the audience what they want. You know, more blood, That that's a blast. And working with artists like that, too, is like to see them so passionate uh, to do what they love, too. I mean, it's a craft. So they're, they don't get in front of the camera. It's, they're doing prosthetics and makeup, and it's their chance to shine and to give them the opportunity to so that he can live forever is um, I think that um, when I was either uh, crying for the first time or the very very end when um, I looked possessed (laughs) (laughs) Derek I got like one more question before I do our usual bit with guests. So if you got any other questions. Yeah, I wanted to ask about the um, the Jersey Devil costume and uh, where that came from and, and how it was designed and everything. Uh, there is the very an early film that we worked on was derailed and which Anthony worked on. And there was a creature that was uh, designed for that film. Loved it. And that uh, designer creator was Kyle Thompson at uh, and Midnight Effects Studios in Arizona. And we just loved his work. And this one was um, a smaller budgeted film. And we just needed the help. And I said, hey, Kyle, got any ideas for Jersey Devil? Um, 
because Suzanne, it was really her brainchild for this story and the feature and all of that. Um, she comes up with these crazy ideas and says, hey, Dale, how can we make this work? We knew right away that we couldn't do the original or the, um, I'm, I'm spoiling it somewhat, but we needed a take on our own feature. That was always from the beginning because we, we just put wanted to do it practical as well. We didn't want to do a CG, or I didn't want to. So, so we approached mm. the game uh, feature um, fabricator, costume maker, um, and makeup artist extraordinaire as well. And uh, I gave Kyle a call, and he says I got some ideas, and we did some sketches, and um, you know I gave him. I gave him but, you know, yeah, there's there's some things from the original. Uh, uh, Reports of Jersey Devils and you know things, but you don't, I don't know if you really see it in the film. I mean, you know, it, it happens pretty quick. Uh, but that's kind of how it all started. You know, we did we we had concepts, we designed them, and he uh, created them. I mean, we molded the face and the body from other parts, but then it all got assembled. And then you know, the next challenge is finding a character actor. For suit actors, you know, to go and embody. Oh yeah. yeah. And then for that, create its movement, sort of give life to it. You know, does it walk around like Bigfoot? Does it flap its wings like a chicken? You know, how can we make that, you know, work? And in this film, you know, I'm not gonna. Uh, yeah, it, it's an interesting film. This one has a lot of twists. I'll be redundant in saying that. But um, and so bringing life to that creature was a lot of fun. And I think Joseph Almani. He was the one, really great character actor too. He um, he wore the suit for a bit. We were just having different people in the suits, and he kind of gave us his idea of it and what that would look like, and and we we landed on something that we really liked. So that's how that all kind of came together. Now, did, did y'all research? I think it worked really well too. Yeah, it looked good. I was gonna say, uh, touch me on this. This isn't my my question um, that I had. It's stemming from this. Co- this answer did did you have to research some of the backstory of the jersey devil to help with the movement well we definitely or i definitely did a lot of research uh, on jersey devil for sure because i wanted to get as authentic as possible good but we just knew that we couldn't you know because it's a unique creature you know yeah. it, it looks like a goat it has hooves it has horns it's got it's it's pretty wild and I just said, if we're not going to do that, the fans are going to go, ah, you know. It, it has a hockey team. So <laughs> that's it. And by the way, Suzanne DeLorent is our executive. She's from Philly. So she grew up right in that town. Yeah. It was always kind of wanted to do. And so she says, no, it's okay. Let's just do our version. It's kind of like, you know, Bigfoot, if you will. You know, I mean, is it yet, you know, what does that look like? Is it really scary? Does it look like a man? So... That was always her, uh, her order, basically, to kind of, you know. But yeah, I mean, it didn't really help with the movement because, and or the creature movement, because we didn't know uh, what that would really look like. I think there have been some photos of it flying, um, so it, it would be definitely more an animal. But once we knew, we saw our creature, uh, you know, suits, if you will, then you get your actor, it just transforms you a little bit. I mean, you can explore different ways, you know, movements and limitations and, you know, and then, and it's a lot of fun, you know, uh, but yeah, that's, so the research didn't really help the movement for the, uh, the character because ours was really quite different. Okay. So my question's actually for Anthony. Dr. Johnson, I presume? No. Nope. Wouldn't be for that. I'm thinking of a certain temple. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> I, I, so my reference, I recognize Anthony from Lucha Underground. Is that one of Ray's math? There you go. This was an in ring. This was used in the ring. I have so much crap from Lucha Underground. But yeah, I was I was the executive one of the executive producers on that. 
you, did 127 you, episodes. You worked with one of my uh, one of my good friends, Sean Hernandez. I love Sean. Like he's a beat. Yeah. Sweetest guy. That's the sweetest guy. Well, I'm glad you. Yeah. yeah so, um, <laughs> so usually, and this is something we we kind of started when we had interviews during pandemic. And we've kept it as part of our routine when we have guests on. I'm going to flip the tables and let y'all ask us a question. So each person gets a question to ask. You can ask each one of us a question or you can ask the collect, uh, the two of us together a question. I, I want to ask the two of you, how, how long have you been doing this? Because uh, admittedly, this was sort of a last minute thing for me, so I didn't do any research. But how long have you been doing this and what got you guys started on this? Um... I've been doing this show nine years. Derek's been with me seven of the nine? Six. Six? Six and a half? Seven, yeah. Almost seven, yeah. I think I started in summer of 2015, I believe. Yeah, and November will hit 10 years. That's amazing. Awesome. Congratulations, guys. Keep it up. Thanks. And then Derek and I... Uh, we'll celebrate six years of another show that we have with a third person. Uh, that's our Star Wars podcast called Wookiee Radio, and that will hit six years in July. Oh, boy. that's really impressive. So, you know, a lot of a lot of podcasts just sort of come and go. Or people give it a six or eight months, and then they peter out, and they decide yeah. just, you know, not the fun wears off of the form. Like to, to sustain it that long, not, yeah. Well. Really I think so. I think the ones that don't last are the people that get into it for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know we're, we're in we're, we do it to, because we enjoy this. We enjoy talking to to creators like you and everything, and that's what that's what it should be about. You know. Yeah, uh, we- I think. I mean, it goes for so many things. Acting as well. I know so many actors, and and I took a break at one point because it just wasn't working for me anymore until I really found my footing again and got back into it. But if you don't have that passion for it, it's unsustainable. I'll pull pull back the curtain a little bit. Uh, Last week, Derek and I, we got on Skype, started talking. It's like, we got any stories? (laughs) Like, uh, there's one, (laughs) two, maybe. We're like, okay, um, should we call them tonight? Just not worry about it this week. <laughs> right on. And then uh, after that, I immediately the next morning contacted Clint from October Coast and said, uh, you got somebody for next week? Because I had a funny feeling. Story-wise, it may have been the same way, trying to find topics. And that's when he uh, he and Rachel brought us you guys, right which, on. which I'm so thankful for. Well, thank you for having us. It's it's yeah. always great to talk about the movie a little bit and yeah. and reconnect with the cast. For me, it's just great seeing them after some time. You know, I have a question for you guys. Sure. And and thank you for inviting questions. You both have cool collections behind you. I was looking at that stuff too, man. I, and we're all collect like Tony's <laughs> got his guitars and what you guys got. So. Uh, for both of you, do you guys have a, and it was a tough one maybe, but do you have a favorite one or whatever, a couple of you, piece that's uh, behind you, you know, as a collector? I look at all those figures on Derek, man. That's like that's crazy. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I have a collection as well of stuff, uh, not so much action figure, but whatever. Uh, I'm a collector. So, and you can kind of almost see my, but it's great oh, out. Wow. But, um, but yeah, I mean, we were just in this world. And I'm like, I'm relating to you guys like immediately. <laughs> like, do you have any favorites and talk about it? <laughs> uh, for me, at the moment, um, we just got new flooring in the house, so we we're in the process of trying to get furniture rearranged in the room that I'm in now. As Derek will tell you, this is normally not how my background looks. Uh. <laughs> there, there's other things, and all that's about to change. Uh, but one of my favorite pieces, oh, if I can move my chair, is right here. It's a actual cell from the Ewoks cartoon. Oh, wow. Very cool. Uh, and I got that um, during one of the final years of the Star Wars fan club called Hyperspace. They sent um, all that out. And they had a forum for fans only on, on the website. And people were going, so what, what did people get? And I'm seeing a lot of people. Oh, I got an eye. I got a hand. Wow. I got... I got an arm and, and part of a mouth and I'm like I'm keeping my mouth shut because I actually got a full character almost a full character. And yeah, then, that's awesome. 
And then right above that is um, Ben Burt, who's the sound designer for Star Wars. Oh, no shit. Is that an original Star Wars poster behind you? That is not. Oh. That is from Star Wars Weekends uh, that was done here at Walt Disney World at Disney Hollywood Studios. Uh, I want to say it's from either 2012 or 2013. No, cool. not 2012. Uh, maybe 2005. Uh, but it's it's Mickey and Minnie in the uh, in the Type B poster. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. I can't yeah. quite make all that out, but you know the the imagery is so iconic that it's like you can you can pick it out from a mile away. Yeah, yeah. It's one of my it's one of my favorite pieces. Um, I mean, I got some personal stuff. Um, that's very, very limited. Uh, that'll be going up on the wall uh, once we get done uh, re- rearranging furniture. Um, but I have a print from being part of the opening team for the Star Wars Hotel. That'll oh, be wow. that'll be going up and over over my desk. Sweet. So, and then uh, just got some cast exclusive stuff for the Guardians coaster that uh, uh, they did some trading cards, and then the week before they did a. Uh, little postcards announcing the the opening day um so i got two sets of cards and the uh and that card announcing opening day and i'm going to put all that together in a frame as well yeah so awesome so yeah i started a little disney you know a little of my disney um memento uh most of my collecting anymore um is becoming more disney oriented uh Mm -hmm. Disney Star Wars, Disney Marvel. So huge fan of Disney. I love that. So with Star Cruiser, with Galaxy's Edge, a lot of my focus is characters based around those properties at Disney, and then uh, with Marvel, as m- I, I'm a huge Captain America fan, so uh, I will do that. Um, I have a Marvel Legends Frogman character because frogs and I don't get along, <laughs> but that ended up becoming one of my it's almost like snakes too, I, but. Frogman was just seemed like it was part of a joke. It's like you know, I like Frogman, so I have a Frogman. Um, I have a uh, Captain Kitty Pride that came with my Marvel Unlimited subscription. Uh, doing the the, the top subscription, top tier subscription with that, you got a, a subscription box, and that that was an exclusive figure for that. Um, a collection, uh, but if I'm going to go out and get stuff now, it'll be either Cap or. Uh, or stuff Guardians related because of Cosmic Rewind, the new coaster. So um, it just depends on anything else, just depends on what grabs me. Uh, I happen to, I have almost every Imperial Trooper from Rogue One in the six inch figures, I'm missing three. Uh, so I'm going to complete, I'm gonna complete that. Oh, uh, no, they're on display. Um, oh. oh. So they're they're up in my upper corner, and then um, with part of the new arrangement, uh, we're getting some new shelves. And Derek's heard me talk about this quite a few times. Um, I'm actually going to do a shelf that is going to be any guest that we've had that's had an action figure made. I'm going to get that action figure and, and put it on that shelf. Cool. So so uh, I mean we've interviewed jo- uh, John Schneider, so I'm looking for. A- Bo Duke figure from yeah. back when I was a kid. Um, Neil Ross we've had on, so I'm going to get a shipwreck. Um, unless I can also find his character from from Transformers, then I'll do both. Uh, we've had Phil Lamar, so probably do a John Stewart, and of course Samurai Jack if I can find a good Samurai Jack figure, uh, stuff like that. So uh, I'm going to do a shelf that is a collection of uh, action figures of guests that we've had on the show that, that have action figures. Cool. So. Hmm. Great. So that is, <clears throat> excuse me. People who who aren't big collectors might not understand, but that's possibly one of the hardest questions. This, yeah. Answer is <laughs> it's like choosing your favorite child. Yeah. Um, and I've I've been looking around the room as as Mike was talking and and trying to figure it out. It's, um. This entire room of mine is, this is all my collectibles and stuff. I'm in the process of reorganizing everything, but like I have Transformers here behind me. Over to the right, I got a bunch of Star Wars stuff, some Marvel stuff over on my left. Um, And I think, I I don't know if I have like one single favorite piece, but I like, um, some of my favorites are some of the things that, um, have stories behind them. 
like one of my favorite things is I have. Um, I'm sorry to interrupt, original, but um, I have to leave and uh, go to my family at their uh, Passover Seder now. But thank you so much for having me. Not a problem. And, and happy Pesach. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Bye, Sasha. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye. So as I was saying, one of my favorite things, one of my favorites is I have an original Adat toy. And the reason that's one of my favorites is because uh, years ago, me and my friend went to our local comic book store and they had the, the Adat there. And I was like, oh, I love that. I want that. And I'm like, eh, I decided not to buy it. And then later on, I went back. I'm like, I'm going to get that Adat. When I went there, it was gone. Oh no! Come to find out, a few months later, my friend who was with me bought it for me for Christmas. Oh, right on! Oh, that's great. Oh, that's that, cool. So that was awesome. I like that stuff like that's you know, a great, so that makes that great. one of my favorite pieces for sure. For sure. Cool. Yeah, that's very cool. You know, it's funny. Um, I'll just share this with you. Uh, I was lucky you know, in that. Uh, uh, okay, I was like, I don't think. I don't think even. Um, Anthony's seen this. So, and Derailed, it's another film that we just did together. We've mentioned it a number of times, but um, I had a, a vinyl uh, kaiju um, Sofubi designer, Skull Headbutt. They designed a creature based on our our creature. Oh, what? So, oh. here he is, man. This is our... Oh, this, cool. Oh, oh, that's so yeah. awesome. And there's only, I think there's only... See, that's five. awesome. There's only five out there right now, and I have one of them. Um, and this one, this version is a glow-in-the-dark version. So it's like, oh, it's uh, pretty, it's cool. pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. Know? And to have him make it, that uh, is awesome. But yeah, it's like uh, maybe I'll have a shelf of our creatures one day on my. Phil, <laughs> did Phil get a chance to see that? What's that? Did Phil ever get a chance to see that? He did not. No, may he rest in peace. Yeah, he did not. And that's one of the reasons why I said let's have one done. And then, and then a um, uh, a guy who did uh, you know what maquettes are, right? Miniatures yep. Yep. and sculptors. Mm-hmm. Then they made um, he made one for me because they they love the movie and everything. But but then they made one of these, and this is the most detailed one, which I think was oh cool. It was pretty. Cool. Oh nice. Oh wow. Yeah, and um, and it was uh, Jack Polito. Was the designer on it, and I was like, "Oh, oh, that's so it cool!" So, it was it's really cool. It's one of my prized little guys, and not a lot of people have seen it. And he collects dust, but he looks even better all dusty, you know. But yeah, since mm-hmm. we're sharing favorite things with stories, that's definitely you know. Um, I never thought that. Yeah, see, know, that makes it that yeah. makes it so much more cool. Totally. Uh, one of my co-hosts on my Marvel show. Uh, we're all big Lego fans as well. And uh, one year for Christmas, there's only three three sets of these in existence at the moment. Uh, we call ourselves the Intrepid Trio. We're kind of like um, black sheep, uh, shield agents or runt shield agents, misfit <laughs> shield agents. There we go. So he came up with the three of us. All right on. As minifigs in oh, shield uniforms. That, oh, that's cool. So that's cool. there's only three. Uh, each one of us has a set. And that gave me the idea of... Uh, eventually for uh, Wookiee Radio, which Derek and I are a part of, uh, I want to do a figure set of the three of us as Star Wars smugglers. Cool. So okay. it, it's just trying to find the right right pieces and parts to do it with. Great. So uh, well, we, we are geeking out here. This is we uh, we be geeks, so that's what it's all about. <laughs> where can this people f- to do it? Where can people yeah. find you guys online? I know Sasha has a website. Um, that's what Sasha Ann dot com it's her website so i'll make sure i get that plugged i believe so and you can look at her on instagram and mine's instagram too it's just dale fabregar at instagram it's the only one that i have and my instagram is just tony jensen i don't awesome. really do i don't really do facebook or anything else um derek any final questions final thoughts um no other than uh it was great to have you guys on and very much so um Good luck with your movie, and uh, it was a fun watch. You know, go everybody, go check it out. Uh, as we and, said uh, on Vudu, Amazon. Uh, if you have a Roku device, just search. Yep. Reads point. So uh, on that note, hopefully we left you guys asked wanting to 
started to screw that up. Hopefully, we asked, we left you guys asking, want to know more? So, um, the bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? This has been a Weeby Geeks production. <laughs>